0: Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. A church that desires to live, speak, and serve. as the very presence of Jesus in the Harrisburg region. Sermon B-Sides is designed to be a resource to help us deepen the conversation about this week's sermon and answer questions that may be helpful and accomplish. Hey, welcome back uh, to B-Side Podcast. My name is John Robinson. I serve as one of the pastors at Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania.
1: And my name is Matt Luloyan. I also serve as one of the pastors and um, enjoy the much improved audio quality since we're not driving down the turnpike
0: this week. Oh, good grief. <laughs> and, and that was, Matt, that was improved. Um, I, I had to do a little bit of editing, but it was... The fact it that was you re- could, it was really bad.
1: The fact that you could salvage anything out of that, John, was a small a small miracle.
0: Yeah. So uh yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Hopefully this will sound a lot better we're, than last week's. We're back
1: we're back in the office slash the studio, I suppose we could call this now. Sure. Whatever we want to call it. Yeah. So
0: We're and, back we're back in the lab with a pad and pen.
1: Back in the lab. Yes indeed. And another small miracle. Speaking of small miracles, oh. the sermon yesterday was, I think, under was it maybe just twenty minutes? Was it under? I, don't I think I hit fifteen. I didn't, I, got, I didn't have a timer. It was it was the shortest one in the series of judges. It's the shortest
0: one in Liberty, Harrisburg history. It might
1: that might be true. Maybe
0: Liberty history in, in totality. That might be true. Uh, shout out to uh, Steve Huber and his hour long sermons.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, and it was it was a it was a really um, sweet day. It was good good for my own oh my soul, gosh. and yeah. hope it was for yours. Those of you who were able to join us, just welcoming, uh, it was 16 people yeah. came into covenant. We baptized three people. Uh, man, it was a just great a day. it's a, you know if that's the problem we have of having to shorten sermons to to do that, let's do that all the time, man. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a really it was a sweet time yesterday, and um, just a great picture of of God's providence uh, and, um, the ways in which he continues to build his church. And so, yeah, really grateful to, to be a part of that. And, uh, if you didn't, you weren't there yesterday, feel free to go back on our YouTube channel and, uh, watch that. It was a, it was a great, great time. Mm. Yeah. So Matt, what's up, man? Yeah. Well, short, short, uh, short sermon. We, uh, is there any content left?
1: Oh, there's so much content left. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, Yeah. The whole book has been that way in a sense, and Samson, I mean, you could do a whole series on Samson if you really wanted to and break Absolutely. down different aspects of his life. Uh, even, you know, we've got, I think, four or five questions that came in mm. since yesterday about Samson, yeah. so I want to get to those soon, too. But yeah, we uh, we are speeding through this account. We're speeding through the book of Judges. We only have one more week, and that week is going to cover chapter 17 mm. through 21 somehow. I haven't quite figured out how that, <laughs> that's going to
0: happen yet, but... I'm glad that's your <laughs> Um, you didn't you you finally didn't take you know a difficult passage. That's and right. pass it off to that's, somebody yeah. else. I mean so. there's still time. It's, it's only Monday. It's only Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve King will be with us next week.
1: Um yeah, so we do fly through this and there is so much more to explore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been really encouraging just even to to see some of the questions come in and hear how you are Uh, really engaging with the text and kind of following some of those threads and some of those questions that the text does Mm -hmm. bring up, Mm -hmm. Um, in many ways some of the answers feel very unsatisfactory. We were talking a little before, and we'll get into this in just a second, how it's it's really hard to pin down patterns, and certainly there's no formulas Mm -hmm. to the judges and even to the way specific things happen within one given judge. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's a great lead-in even to one of these first questions. Yeah. Um,
0: if if you are struggling with figuring out like what what is the formula of how like God is working yeah welcome yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah welcome yeah uh, yeah I mean you are you're in really good company because it it's hard to in a way pin God down into a nice neat formula right I mean it's, and that is yeah. that is one of the the troublesome aspects of um of like reading through these things, you see some inconsistencies, but in another way, Matt, like it's also comforting to know that we can't manipulate God. We can't, uh, do X, Y, and Z and go, well now God, you owe me. That's right. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's, 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 that's a comforting piece to this. Yeah. But when you're trying to figure some stuff out and, and have it make the most, maybe not the most sense, but like, Trying to just some figure it sense. out, some sense. Yeah, um, it yeah. can it can be frustrating. So I hope you're yeah. frustrated with us. Um, but yeah. yeah, let's jump into that uh, first question. Since we have so many today. Yeah. Um,
1: do you have that? Do you have that pulled up ready to go? I do. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: chapter 16 of the Book of Judges. Uh, here's the question: Did Samson know Delilah's intentions in in attempting to capture him and give him over to the Philistines? Did he just trust himself and not God so much that he didn't care?
1: Man, yeah. So as arrogant as Samson is, as Mm -hmm. flawed as he is, he doesn't come across as a stupid man. Like he doesn't come across as someone that just has zero idea of what's going Mm -hmm. on around him. He just seems to not care. Right. So I have to imagine, I mean, maybe maybe the first or even the second iteration of him telling Delilah a, a false source of his strength,
0: mm-hmm.
1: maybe he was at that point, she you know, thought, okay, well, she's just curious. She's obviously, she knows my reputation. She's maybe seen my strength in action. And like, you, you know, think it
0: took to the second iteration?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, so maybe he just gave her yeah. the benefit of a doubt. You know, I don't just, know. Just and
0: happened to have these, uh, you know, these new ropes laying around. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when but when she keeps keeps trying it, I think there's there's no way it, it would only be a willful ignorance that would that would like blind sure. himself to be able to yeah. to see what she was doing there. Yeah. Um, now I don't know if I don't I don't know if if he knew that she was so kind of in in cahoots with the the, the lords of the Philistines mm, at that point right, or not, right. or if she was just doing it. Yeah, um, to test him out. To see test if he was, him.
0: Yeah, test his love for her Right. And his truthfulness. But she did keep yeah. saying
1: the Philistines are upon you every time she tried one of those she things.
0: just so happens to be here in that exact moment.
1: Right. So yeah. I think that even that line, and that was like her line, to try mm-hmm. to get him to, to, to break out of whatever the, the trap mm-hmm. was at that point, seems to, to, to feel like I think at some point he, he was catching on there. Um, And I mentioned yesterday, so he he loved her. So I think that the the love he had for Mm -hmm. her maybe did – maybe he was blind to it, kind Mm -hmm. of willfully ignorant of that. Um, The other part that I didn't get to touch on yesterday, one one was arrogance. I think he's um, – I think he was full of himself, confident that it didn't matter what she tried. He was going to always break free. The one part I did mention, which is right there in the text too, is that she also just wore him down. Like she Mm – uh, it vexed his soul to death. I think was the is the direct yes, line there. It is uh, yeah. in in Judges, and so yeah, there's just I think it, uh, there was only so much I think he could take of her just just continuing to nag him for the answer that he yeah. just finally told her
0: the yeah. truth. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, I, I I would agree. Like it, it would have to be it would have to be willful willful ignorance um, in order for him to not catch on. I think. I think it would be more along the lines of like, it doesn't matter. Sure. I have, I have such confidence either in myself and yep. my abilities. I he's, he's never met failure. No, that's right. I mean, he's never come up against an opportunity that he hasn't been able to overcome yeah. by physical strength. Um, even in like his capturing of these, you know, foxes, right. Um, or maybe, or not jackals, foxes, maybe, maybe jackals. yep um, you know there was to capture 300 of these things we did a little bit of background research because of <laughs> another question but like, that was a question we didn't get to cover yeah, last week but yeah. it was like there's like uh what is it it's it's like 500 miles worth of territory in order to to capture this many jackals um yeah and so like he he just he's never He's never run into a situation that he hasn't been able to either uh, be crafty enough or strong enough to overcome. Yeah, and so there's the the ignor- the ignorance piece maybe there. I think I think he was just so full of himself and so self confident. Yeah, that he was um, he just didn't care. Yeah, he came to the point where he was. He's like, it doesn't matter, and I think that led him to eventually revealing the fact that the source of his strength was this Nazarite vow and the cutting of his hair being maybe like the last straw of him breaking the, the the totality of the Nazarite vow. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so like, I don't know if he, you know, in so many times, like we are so, we can be confident in who God is. And we see this in, in leaders a lot too, where they're so confident in their own success that yeah. they start to compromise in areas, yeah. and then there's finally this point in which they've compromised so much that it it, it leads to their own destruction and demise. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I think we see this here in Samson as well.
1: That's right. That's um, yeah. That's that's even a great question. What what actually is the source of Samson's strength? And and um, at the end of the day, the source of Samson's strength, which this will tie into some of the other questions here, is God. I mean, God is the source of his strength. Mm. There's a sense in which you know it can almost feel like a magical component, where like mm-hmm. these, you know, the hair was like the magical thing that gave him right. his strength. The reality is he, you know, it, it was the, the the final part of him, the the, the final aspect of his Nazarite right. vow that he broke. But um, there's no good reason why earlier, even picking up a fresh junkie. Donkey's jawbone. A
0: donkey's jawbone
1: A donkey is a is an ancient animal that roamed <laughs> that roamed the land in the ancient Near yes, East. in, in uh, the
0: in the, uh, in the ancient Hebrew. Yeah. The, the,
1: the, the donkey, <laughs> the donkey's jawbone was fresh, so it was like a it was a it was a, a recently killed, recently right. deceased right. animal. He violated his Nazarite vow in that moment, and even in that moment, the spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and he killed a thousand Philistines with the instrument of his being made unclean.
0: Right? There's no reason that the God, honey inside of the lion. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's he's touched something. Yeah. He's drank something. Yeah. There's he just hasn't cut his hair. There's
1: no reason that he his strength shouldn't have left him in that moment. Right. And so um, there is an element of finality where it's like, okay, you you know, like. This is the last of the of the aspects of the Nazarite that you hadn't broken, and so God left him when that happened right but um but I think it is important to see he, the source of Samson's strength goes deeper than just his hair being long right uh it has to be God underneath underneath that absolutely that,
0: yeah, so you can cut your hair and still work out and be okay that's uh yes it's comforting
1: that's <laughs> it's comforting it's you know, very comforting I
0: mean we do know that. You know there is a, there is a there's a modern, uh, Samson in Fabio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, is that seen, is that yeah, the parallel? Fabio's, yes, Fabio's hair okay. is magical. That's what makes him so strong. So if
1: it were if he were to cut his hair, I mean, that would be the end you, of Fabio. Could you imagine as we, as we Fabio know. without hair? Hmm. Mm. Yeah, no, I couldn't.
0: Huh? You don't want to do I, that. I couldn't. Um, well, you should just, yeah, like don't take down your poster of Fabio in your garage. Oh, so, sure, like, yeah. Just leave that there. That's my, usually. yeah.
1: I mean, someday my hair will get that long, I'm hoping. Yeah. That's when you, you're working out, looking mm-hmm. at Fabio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. So Let's, let's move on. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll skip to this one because it ties in, I think, um, you know, uh, we'll come back to a great question about Delilah. But mm-hmm. um, in chapters 13 through 15, uh, Samson displays strength. It, it's pre... Um, it's in, it includes this line, and the spirit of the Lord rushed upon him or something like that, mm-hmm. um, which implies, this is part of the question, that he did not have personal strength but was just empowered much like other judges. Mm-hmm. In 16, however, it just says that he does this feat of strength with no mention of the Lord. Is this significant? Mm-hmm. It's a great question. And this is part of what we were talking about when it's really maddening to try to pin down a pattern. Yeah. The, uh, the ESV study Bible had a great chart in some of its notes that, t- that listed out, there are actually 10 feats of strength that mm-hmm. are recorded in these four chapters about Samson. They're kind of broken down into two sets of five. The first five are in chapters 13 through 15, and the second five are all in chapter 16. In the first five, chapters 13 through 15, three of them, uh, the lion incident, the mm-hmm. killing 30 Philistines for their clothes incident and the killing 1,000 Philistines with a jawbone.
0: Mm-hmm. Those Is it all include a, a what bone? Uh,
1: donkey a jawbone. Donkey's jawbone. Mm, okay, not a donkey. Um, <laughs> they all include this mention that the narrator includes that the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him to mm-hmm. accomplish those things. Um, two of those feats of strength in the first table, so to speak, the first half, uh, don't include that. Um, and then, in, when you get to chapter sixteen, none of the, his feats of strength include the, the mention that the spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, mm-hmm. including uh, his final act of deliverance of pushing over the pillars yeah. and killing Philistines in his death. So, it is significant, um, I think, in the sense that um, God was—he he, was—he was being raised up by God in that mm-hmm. first part of of the narrative, the first three chapters. Yeah. And by the point kind of uh, by the end of chapter 15, it's kind of like um, he's been raised up into that role. He now is sitting in that role where he's judging Israel, mm-hmm. but he's about to, to experience his downfall after some mm-hmm. period of time
0: passes, which you don't right. know how much
1: that was. The, the part that's really maddening and that doesn't seem to be any kind of pattern to is why did this, why does it mention the spirit of the Lord rushed upon him in these specific instances, but mm-hmm. not, not these other ones.
0: Right. Um, if, yeah. We would love formula there. Yeah. Figure, like figure God out.
1: It would make sense to me, if, for example, if it was the thirty Philistines, the thousand Philistines, and then the three thousand plus Philistines at the right. end, because then it, we could say, okay, well, now God is empowering him when it's a direct act of judgment against mm-hmm. the Philistines, where he's actually you know killing the enemies of God. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not that; it's the lion and not the Philistines at the end in the right. temples of right. Dagon. So, uh, so that's not a pattern. So, so I think it is significant. Um, I think it's really evident that the spirit of the Lord empowered him in really throughout his life in the feats of strength that he had in some way, um, but it's I, why the narrator only specifically mentions that mm-hmm. in certain acts. We don't yeah. really know.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 definitely not clear. So you, I mean, we can come to some conclusions and some assumptions, um, you know, and some of those being maybe really logical and and really helpful to help mm-hmm. us kind of get a grasp of those things, um, but also kind of holding those somewhat loosely, knowing that the scripture is not clear about why. Mm -hmm. So, Matt, if you were to make some assumptions on why, um, why you think one instance and not the other instance. Man,
1: yeah. Yeah. You know, I really.
0: By the way, the Bible does not endorse any of Matt's answers here. <laughs> it's
1: an important disclaimer. <laughs> it's disclaimer. We'll get the fast-talking guy at the end with all the disclaimer <laughs> language going through there. It's a very needed thing for this. Yeah, I mean, even in speculation, I don't. I don't have a good answer. I think. Um, I think. By the end in that last incident of him pushing the pillars over, he was, for the first time in his life, actually dependent upon God. He actually was mm-hmm. asking God to strengthen him, mm-hmm. which we had never seen him do his entire life up to that point because
0: he did he did not we know that he did not have strength at this point. one, he was he was captured by the Philistines. Yep. two. and I think I think there is indication that he was naturally strong because mm-hmm. he was. Used as a pack animal to move yes. the millstone. That
1: was um, one of the questions too. Right. Did Stamson have natural strength or only because the spirit yeah. of God was on him?
0: Yeah. So there's the answer for that one. Yeah. Um, I think there there was some of that. How he entertained them, we're not sure. Yeah. Possibly performing acts of moderate strength. Sure. Um, um, so so we have we have this instance, and I kind of forgot where we're going now. So. But, um, yeah. Was there any
1: pattern to those? And, like, the, well, so at the end, yeah. he's dependent, right? The he strength is had left yeah. him. Yeah, the
0: strength had left yep. him. Um, and so, like, his dependency upon God to perform this the supernatural act of strength, mm-hmm. um, the Spirit of God had to be present. Yeah. Right? Um, because he, he was not able to, probably would not have been able to in his own might. Sure. Push these pillars over. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we, get, we can make those kind of conclusions, mm-hmm. um, but again, hold them loosely yep. um, in order to, to really try to be faithful to the text. I think overall, yeah. uh, what we see as an overall pattern is is, one, God's enablement of Samson mm-hmm. through these feats of strength and protection, mm-hmm. uh, through the power of the Spirit, uh, to preserve his people, yeah, to keep his promises to Israel, yeah. and ultimately to the world uh, through pre- preserving Israel, yeah, to bring about the Messiah, yep, to bring about salvation, yep, so that's like right. that's that's like the underlying, the undergirding theme, the the strand that runs throughout the entire book of judges mm-hmm. is God's deliverance of Israel. Because he keeps his covenant promise. Yep, That's and right so on. we've got to is is. As we kind of try to come to conclusions about things that are not explicit in the text, mm-hmm. we have to understand that there's a there's a bigger story happening here. Yeah. Um, and and, yeah. and tie those things back to the bigger story. What is the character nature of God? Mm-hmm. Who is God? What is he doing uh, from a historical redemptive standpoint? Yeah. Um, and that is he's using Samson, as flawed as he was. Yeah. Um, he's using Samson to keep his promises. Yeah.
1: Yep, that's exactly right. And that is, if you, can, if you can pin down all the complexity and all the ambiguity and mm-hmm. all the maddening lack of patterns right. in judges to what is the point of all this. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Uh, two more questions I want to make sure we get to. One mm-hmm. is, um, why was Samson's Nazarite vow so different than what was laid out in the law? It seems like no wonder that he gave in. But even giving in doesn't seem like it would be unfaithfulness to God since it was typically voluntary and only mandatory in Samson's case. Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. So the Nazarite vow laid out in the book of Numbers was supposed to be voluntary and temporary. Mm -hmm. And in Samson's case, neither of those things were true. Uh, It was imposed upon him Mm -hmm. and it was from the womb to the day of his death. So it is very different. It's very similar in a sense though, to the prophet Samuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably the birth narrative that's the most paralleled to mm-hmm. to Samson's, at least in that way. The difference there being mm-hmm. his mom, uh, Hannah, a woman named Hannah, she actually asked for a son that was set apart to God mm-hmm. and and said specifically in kind of her her plea to God, "If you will mm-hmm. give me a son, I will make he will be a Nazarite to God mm-hmm. I will I will." set him apart, mm-hmm. whereas in Samson's case, the angel of the Lord to his mother, Samson's mother, um, said, you know, I will give you a son and he's mine. Mm-hmm. Not not, not mm-hmm. as Hannah said, if you give me a son, he'll be yours, mm-hmm. but you, I will give you a son and he'll be mine. I think that's why his, his Nazarite vow was so different mm-hmm. than everybody else's, because it was... Um,
0: it was a, it was imposed by God
1: it was and it was initiated by God it wasn't right. not not that not that anything um, you know in the sovereignty of God big picture not that anything happens outside of what God already right. is is planning and doing but from from the the human standpoint there was no human initiation in the story mm-hmm. of Samson it was yeah. it was clearly God initiated mm-hmm. and so I think that's why it's different mm-hmm. and I think it's why it even introduces this this um, this, this theme of his life that he will, he did not want to be
0: right.
1: a deliverer. He did not want the burden that God had put upon him mm-hmm. to deliver begin to deliver Israel from the Philistines. So that's a great question about would it even be unfaithfulness to God um, since it was typically voluntary and only mandatory in Samson's case. Um, that's a great question. I, I think the sense we get from the text is that, yes, it would, but, um, because uh he even acknowledges to delilah that you know when he finally tells her the truth that he has been in now he he knows that that's that that's true of him Mm -hmm. uh he knows that that's kind of what he's been called to to walk in uh his parents have clearly tried to teach him that Mm -hmm. uh as he's as he's grown up um maybe not a, a violation of that vow in the same way it would be if someone had taken it voluntarily um but samson also is um not a moral example, not not a not a paragon of virtue. He's not, yeah. you know, he's not held up in scripture as an example to emulate right. um the way right. that the way that we like to do and wish we could do with, with mm-hmm. people and in a lot in a lot of these passages and stories. Um so I think it is still unfaithfulness to God because whether he feel felt like he asked for it or not, it was the it was the shoes that God put on his feet. It was the road right. that God had, had called him to walk on. Yeah. Uh and he knew that. And so um, to do anything but what God had called him into would be unfaithfulness.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a, uh, in essence, it would be a command, right? Sure. To violate the command would be, would to be, would to go in direct opposition to God. And so I think that's, I think it's important for us to, to see and understand about Samson is that he, um, he had a particular calling on his Hmm. life. Yeah, uh, and it was from his birth until his death. Yep, um, and you know, and for him to not want it is one thing; for him to violate it is another thing. Right, uh, and he was he was um, he was complicit. Like he was more than aware uh, of that, as we see in the text where he's, hmm. you know, he's revealing, like, "Yes, I have a Nazarite vow. I, this is yeah. the source of my strength. Is God's God's promise on who I am." Yeah. Um and so, um yeah, that's yeah. a good question yeah difficult I think to struggle with because of the the nature of the Nazarite vow, um but this is not prescriptive prescriptive from a nazarite vow standpoint is it's descriptive mm-hmm. of of uh, of Samson and what God has called him to
1: that's right that's right
0: um
1: Last question. I think we've covered the rest, but last question. And this is uh, just a general question, as this this person said. What are we to make of Delilah? I've always heard this biblical account, a biblical account focus on Samson, and rightly so. But are we supposed to see Delilah as a Philistine woman who tried to deceive Samson and that's it? Or is there more to take away? Mm. Great. Uh, yeah, great question. We didn't even really get to touch on that at all um, yesterday. So, So first and foremost um Delilah is maybe an opportunist. So mm-hmm. so here's mm-hmm. where we we meet her. So so Samson falls in love with her. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily see any reciprocal love from her. Mm-hmm. We actually see maybe in some ways this, you know, which is, you know, of course the the foundation of all healthy relationships, using one another for your own mm. ends, you know? And mm-hmm. so we see that in their in their relationship where you know, Samson has a woman that he loves, and is getting something that he feels like he wants and needs from Delilah. Delilah, very quickly when it's when it becomes clear that that Samson loves her, uh, is approached by the lords of the Philistines. There were there were five typically lords of the Philistines, five different cities, major cities within that area, and uh, they all approach Delilah together and they say, "We'll each give you eleven hundred pieces of silver mm-hmm. if you can basically turn Samson over to us and find out the source." of of his strength, homegirl was getting paid. She was. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And the money plus, she would be. I mean, at this point, there was such enmity between Samson and the Philistines. Oh yeah, that he had he had wreaked havoc on them. Yeah, uh, and so she would not only be rich, she would be a national heroine. I mean, she right. would be she would be famous mm-hmm. in among the people of uh, the Philistines because yeah. she would have been the one. That that like took down the unconquerable one. That like finally took down this person that had just plagued the Philistines yeah. for years. At that yeah. point,
0: no, I mean she was absolutely an opportunist. The uh, yeah, she's she's a very interesting character. I think when we were going back to jail, like this is this is the the other woman in. Um, in the book of judges that is explicitly mentioned not as a deliverer but as a as another character in the in the story and so um she i don't know if her role is more than what her role is um you know she was definitely the person the object of Samson's eye mm-hmm. um in the ways that you know maybe this is the more of it Israel if we we're saying like Samson represents Israel and and Israel's capitulation to the Philistines, mm-hmm. right, where they were ruled over. They um, they didn't care that they were ruled over. They were in love with, you know, this Philistine culture. Yeah, they were willing to give themselves fully and completely to another god. Yeah, and so um, I don't know if that's. You know, I don't know if that's necessarily like the point of Delilah, mm-hmm. um, but it is in a way a picture of kind of just where Israel was in that time. Yeah. Um, more than willing to give themselves over.
1: Yeah. Yep. I, I think the, the the one line that, that kind of jumped out at me reading it, but just didn't even have time to, to delve into this in the sermon, uh, in chapter 16, verse 19, where Delilah has Samson fall asleep on her knees, calls this man in to shave off his hair. Then there's this little line that just kind of sneaks in there. Then she began to torment him. Mm-hmm. And so that, that to me is a little bit of an insight into her character. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, she was an opportunist. Certainly she had opportunity mm-hmm. for money and fame among the people mm-hmm. of the Philistines. This part where she begins to torment him. It's like, Whoa, okay. what well, that's another, that's, that's another, another level. level of being sinister. Like she, mm-hmm. she was like all of a sudden, um, and so I think I think there are some parallels there now Samson of course is he's a deliverer, like tragic hero kind of character, and so in some ways reflects Jesus in it you know infinitely more flawed than, than Jesus, of course. Um, Delilah, in some ways, in that line in particular, makes her I think reflect the great accuser, the enemy of our souls, mm. who is Satan, mm-hmm. who who not only tries to deceive us and tries to draw us away from what faithfulness to God looks like and tries to to, vi- to make us violate the commitments and the, and the pursuits of faithfulness in our lives, uh, but also then when we do that, like when we finally give into that, mm-hmm. lays on that accusation and that condemnation mm-hmm. to another level. And so, like that little line right there, you're like, "Oh, wow, okay." So, so Delilah here um, is is an opportunist, but also in some ways is is reflecting is reflecting Satan yeah. um, and what Satan does in that like. You know, gains our affections. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, uh, s- promises to give us something that we think mm-hmm. we want or that we think we need
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in that moment, and then like we give in to that thing, even though we know we shouldn't. And then the accusation just comes on yeah. top of it, like, "Yeah, you're 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 awful. You can't do this." Yeah. So I think I think that would be the other element if we had more time mm-hmm. to explore about the the character of.
0: Delilah. Yeah, that uh, to torment, you know, to afflict, to um, to humiliate, to mm-hmm. violate. Like that's how that word is is used throughout the Old Testament. You know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a sense of like oppress. Yep. And so I think that's very much so, kind of the realities of what happens when you know when Israel and 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 us specifically chase after things that we know are not of God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, create for ourselves new gods, new loves, new um, new passions, and so mm-hmm. I think I think yeah I think there could be there, you know there are those to to go back to the question there are some parallels mm-hmm. uh, there are some parallels there between uh, Israel and the Philistines kind of representatives of each I think they're uh, in you know in a bigger more Three thousand foot level or thirty thousand foot level. Yeah. there's these pictures of like the the greater battle of what's happening between God and yeah. and, and Satan. Yeah,
1: so. that's right.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: We're uh, we're about out of time. Uh, just a couple things to maybe direct uh, some of your discussion this week in mm-hmm. in Bible study groups, um, flowing out of um, the sermon yesterday. Uh, one thing I think it'd be great to talk about in your groups: unwanted burdens. Uh, what are the parts or what is the part maybe of God's calling upon your life that feels truly like a burden and one that even at times you just don't want? Um, and, and as you're able to identify that, um, do you find yourself running from it? Um, and and maybe in contrast to that, what would it look like to embrace it instead of to to run from it? Uh, another thing, brokenness. you know the, Samson is mirroring our fickle state in in these two big ways, right? The burdens that we don't want and then the brokenness that we that we need. So I think it'd be um, be great to share with your group what has God used in your life to to bring that kind of brokenness. Uh, what has God used in your life uh, circumstantially? Uh, from your from your own character standpoint, that's that's really forced you to become a more dependent and faith-filled mm-hmm, mm-hmm. person as opposed to self-reliant. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have some stories from your own life about you know hardness of your heart that God had to break. Uh, mm-hmm. It might even lead you into to talking about people that you love and care about who you you see have have hardened hearts right now, but you would mm-hmm. love to see God, you know, in the severity of the mercy, but but mm-hmm. but truly mercy break the hardness to to rescue them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and related to that, um, you know, where God's kingdom is such an upside down kingdom where, you know, our strengths, what we perceive to be our strengths are often such liabilities and, and truly our weaknesses, mm-hmm. where our weaknesses are in, the, in God's economy strength because it, it does yeah. make us dependent, mm-hmm. faith, you know, faith-filled people. So where do you feel your own weaknesses in your life um, and how might God's strength be perfected, you know, in that? Is mm-hmm. God's power being made perfect yeah. in your, your weakness?
0: That's good. Yeah, hey, guys, thanks again for uh, tuning in, listening, sending in those questions. Yeah. Yep. Grateful for the questions that we got this week. Keep doing that. And, uh, yeah, joy to be with you. We'll talk with you soon.
1: Talk to you next week. Hey
0: there, Delilah, what's it like in New York City? I'm a thousand miles away, but, girl, tonight you look so